Fantastic. We are here with another episode of the Sales Confidence Podcast. My name's James Ski, the CEO and founder of Sales Confidence. And I've got the wonderful Tom Lavery, who is the founder of Jiminy, um, with us today. How are you doing, Tom? Hey, James. How are you doing? Great to be here. Appreciate Excellent. It. I'm glad. What are, you, what are you most excited about today, Tom? Um, excited about today? Um, I'm actually going out for dinner with a friend tonight, and I don't often have a social life. So, uh, uh, you know, it's nice to actually be doing something normal. So I'm meeting a mate in town and going out for dinner. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Other than, of course, recording this with you. Of course, absolutely. top of my list. Well, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I, I, I wouldn't expect anything less than being excited <laughs> about this conversation, Tom. Um, we've had a few recently and it's fun to see what Jiminy's up to. So we're going to break this down today, learn a bit about you as an individual, find out about the man behind Jiminy, learn about Jiminy as a business, what's exciting, what's the DNA mm -hmm. of the company, and then learn about where you are and where you've got your confidence from. So as an yeah, introduction, um, what's the first thing you think about when you wake up? I thought about this and I have to answer it honestly. So Jiminy, probably most of the time, because <laughs> it never quite leaves your mind. It's like a, any founder will tell you it's like a, uh, disease that it never quite leaves your mind how can I make it better how can I improve it so that's, that often does happen um, unfortunately um, or fortunately depends which way you look at it and I, I always think about like my workout because I try if I can to work out every morning at some point so if I don't get it done in the morning it will never happen so when I get up I'm like oh any emergencies anything I need to deal with no then I go work out then I get into my day so two things for me <laughs> that's my life on repeat yeah. Day. I like yeah. that. Very good. Yeah. Um, as a as a founder, mm -hmm. like where do you get your inspiration and motivation from? <sighs> Shelley says I need therapy, so I'll probably need to go and have some at some point when I've got a bit more time, and I'll probably give you a more hold, hold on. The whole, hold on. Yeah. The whole point of therapy, Tom, is you get it before you need it. Oh. So hey, you, right. you should start. I'll be too late. It might, you, it might as well no point. You need to start looking at it now. All right, all right. I'll start looking now. No, I, I don't know. Like I think, I think uh, you know, I learn in uh, what, what people would consider normal ways now, right? Like visual and audio. Like so, I think at school I was a bit of a like DC student, like just generally because I didn't always take to the probably the learning methods that you know when we were younger. So I think maybe my motivation comes from just feeling mediocre at school and wanting to just prove that I'm better than that and I, I think if I analyze it and look back now in my late 30s probably comes from there mate if I'm being honest like just generally being bang average at school <laughs> and thinking how can I can be better and I need to prove that to family friends you know whatever so it probably comes from there oh, fantastic yeah, story I like that um yeah. do you remember your first experience of sales Yes. Yeah. I was funny. I was talking about this the other day. So uh, my dad works in car sales. Yeah. And he was a GM of like showrooms, but then he had his own car business at one point. So like, I'm not joking. If uh, there was a teacher training day or something like that, I would be in the back of whatever random car him and his mate had brought with a blanket over me with like sweets or whatever. And be going around where it's like only fools and horses, mate, like Rodney and Delboy, like selling cars. I'm not joking going to secondhand car dealerships, flogging this car, flogging that car. So that's when I was like six or seven. And then 
you know, I was always in car showrooms as a kid because my dad would be there working Saturdays or his mates would be there. So I think I was exposed uh, sort of subconsciously to sales, like from a really early age because uh, of that. So, yeah, that was my first experience. And like I used to hang out in the used car showroom with the 20 year old sales guys when I was like 12 or 13 and have like a laugh with them and things like that. So, yeah, that was kind of exposed to it really early i think yeah that's a great yeah. experience you would have picked mm. up a lot do you think good, good gonna, and bad habits well i was gonna ask do you think yeah. car selling has changed somewhat since you were running around as a six-year-old in the showrooms i think every every type of sales has massively changed because the consumer has so much more information at their fingertips doesn't matter if you're buying software or a car and my dad will bang on about this more but like the the car market's totally changed. Like the margins aren't in it what it used to be. You know, people will be making their decision by the time they've walked in the court, cut uh, in the showroom, right? Because they can make their decision. They they made their mind up from looking online or seeing stuff on Instagram. So, uh, yeah, it, it's changed across the board massively. I think yeah. just because of the amount of information that people have. You know. Yeah, I think so. I agree <clears throat> with that. Um, what What did you do that made you successful? at each stage of your career. So thinking about those mm -hmm. transitions as you went from an individual contributor to a sales leader to now a founder, what 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 made you successful in particular? Yeah, I thought I thought about this actually. And, you know, it's not often you get asked these questions and that. I, I just took risks. And I see it now with people internally or externally and they're like, they go for the safe option or the easy thing, or they don't want to do the job below first or take that lower pay. So uh, I was 18. I've just moved to London. I grew up down near Brighton, worked a place called Worthing. You know, I was like, you know, there's not enough for me here. I'm going to go. I went and lived in my auntie's spare room and just tried to get a job and got loads of rejection for three or four months, spending a summer in a, on a sofa almost like just, but yeah, just, so each part of my life, I moved to London and I moved into B2B with no experience. I just said, I'm going to do it. I moved to New York. I started my own company. Every time they were huge risks, right? But I didn't kind of see it like that. I'm just like, I have to do this to make the change. But if I look back retrospectively, it would just be about not being scared to take a risk. Every time I've been successful, it's because I've taken a risk, you know? Brilliant. I love mm. that. Yeah, you absolutely mm. are a risk taker. But it's playing out well, which we like to see. And on that well, what, what is Jimmy all about? Help the listeners understand. Give us an overview of Jiminy as a company. Yeah, so uh, I think what, where we help companies is they most of our customers want to create a high-performance sales team. They want to create a culture um, where their team can thrive, and our software helps them do that. So it's, it's conversation intelligence. We're recording, transcribing, and analyzing voice, video, email to help them increase conversion rates and, and drive more sales. Uh, the software gives them great recommendations and indications of what to do, but really where we're special is we help them take that data and apply it uh, to using it every day within their teams. That's the key, key part. Awesome. And as a company, mm -hmm. what, what do you have in the DNA that makes it a special place to work? Um, well, we have embedded... Like people talk about values all the time, but we de we definitely have embedded values that are lived and breathed by the team every day. So not what I call like wallpaper values. So they're values that 
were written before we wrote a line of code like um you know this me and james built this house we have to be happy that we're living in it that's what you do when you build a company you can't go oh god i don't like my house it's got a basement in it you know well you, it's like with your tech company like you built it so don't don't moan about it right you've got to create the the environment that you want but um no we we try and have a really open uh, culture where um everyone can kind of speak up and really uh, you know is passionate about the customer and supporting each other and i think you know at the end of the day it's about creating a place where culture is created by great values and you know that's how you live and work and operate together um so the, the culture is that you know for me so so what are the attributes of um of people that you look to ha have come and join jiminy so if someone was listening to this thinking yeah I, i'm interested in mm -hmm. joining jiminy what makes someone a good fit for jiminy well the recruiting is tough as we sit here today right you know in in 2022 it's not what you know go back pre pandemic it was a different different situation but um uh we have a strategy i think it depends on the role you know we've we've been really capital efficient as a business and have a certain strategy but we, i look for will over skill all day because you can teach skill but you can't teach will and i think when you're scaling and growing uh you need that um so we look for people who are on their next step on the journey and feel like they have something to achieve and something to prove. It's, it's almost like in football, right? I could get, you know, it's like a, I'm a massive Tottenham fan and forever that is painful. But their strategy at the moment is they go and buy people from Barcelona or Juventus who feel like they're doing us a favour coming to the team, right? <laughs> Whereas years ago, they'd buy someone from like Ajax who's on the way up and they feel like they've got something to prove and they'll be a superstar at Spurs. And I, I'm going back to like what Spurs' recruitment strategy was like five, six years ago. We're looking for rising stars. So maybe someone who's been a great BDR for two years, who's looking for that first chance to prove themselves as an AE. And we'll, we'll invest in them. Uh, we'll make them great. You know, they'll come on the journey. And I think that that's where we like to operate because um, I think uh, it gives us an advantage as well rather than looking for the finished article all the time yeah i, guess. I like that that's mm. a great that, i mean it relates to your story of potential you know you've taken risks um in your own career and now you're taking somewhat of a risk on certain people that aren't the finished article but you're giving them a chance and you're giving them the resources and the great thing about jiminy you've got your own product to help coach and develop people so yeah. you're focused on creating a coaching and um uh coaching environment which will help enhance people's skills no one's a finished article though <laughs> remember that's that true. of course but that's but, true um, well if you are you're going the wrong direction you're probably going yeah. backwards if you consider yourself a finished article um, exactly <laughs> brilliant so what's the um what's the ambition of jiminy where are you taking jiminy as a business um oh well i think there's there's the mission part of it like we've got to hundreds of customers helping sales and customer success being the best version of themselves every day so i'm really proud of of, of where we've got to at that point how it how it becomes a bigger piece i think uh, you know 20 30 percent of our customers are starting to do this anyway but how does it how does this tool help the whole business so really where conversation intelligence is going is that you know, the whole business will learn from the voice of the customer. Every data point and interaction across every team will be used um, to drive better results. 
So, you know, sales use case for early adopters, but as we grow and develop and we look at how we develop the product and how we help other teams, I think it becomes such a central tool for the whole business to get better, you know, long-term. Good, very cool. Um, All right, moving into sales a little bit about your your own experience of sales. Um, what, what book has had the most impact on your career? <laughs> I was laugh, laughing because I'm, I'm not a big reader. Um, I tend to let uh, Shelley read a book and then give me the synopsis. And then I sort of think that I think that it's my wife, by the way. Think that, and then I claim that I've read it. Uh, but I can, the last book I read, probably Matilda as a kid. No, I'm joking. Uh, so I, th- I think, honestly, the, probably the biggest impact of any book is I know people, it's much more well known now, but probably Simon Sinek's why you know I just generally think when you're selling and talk about sales confidence James and the the great things that you guys do it's not about what you sell it's about how you sell it it's about how you sell it and you know the why and the how of your business of your sales team you know of yourself um that's probably had that you know definitely if I look back over the last sort of 10 12 years of my career that you know that book's had the biggest impact on on me for sure Love it. That's fantastic. Mm. Um, what What are the best salespeople that you've come across? What do you, What do they? What attributes do do they have that you see um, make them you know really good at what they do? And my views probably changed over the years, right? Because um, you can talk about like even when you're looking at people, like what's what's the culture fit, what's the skill fit. You know, how are they going to fit into the team? What's that dynamic going to look like? Are they going to, is that going to, is that going to work? And then also there's a the mindset, you know, and I think the, the most, the best salespeople have the best mindset. They're the most resilient. They're the most brave, uh, you know, and I think, you know, that has a lot to do with it, really. Because um, everything else can be learned. That's a much harder thing to teach, you know, to because like sales, as we know, and life is full of rejection. You know, it's like, why do the best athletes make it? Probably because they've got the best mentality. It's no different, you know, it's no different in business. I yeah. think very similar. So you've got to look for that in individuals. You've got to look for those innate, like, traits that make someone great. And then you can fill the gaps yeah. on skills and competencies. It's not It's not easy to find, Um you don't you can't like just you know have people faced adversity most people have in some way shape or form but it's in how do you deal with that adversity that you gets thrown up at you and what does that what does that make you become i think that's what i tend to try and look for um in hiring people especially in sales you know what's their mindset what's their resilience how brave are they going to be you yeah know, take risks that makes sense um <laughs> Where where do you see the future of sales going? Where do you fe- see the future of sales going? Um, well, inevitably, there'll be a lot more AI and a lot more automation, of course. We're only on the, the SaaS journey. And so we're going for a digital revolution, right? Like, I think people will look back over the history of time, like the industrial revolution and say from the internet till the next 10, 15 years, it's been like a, a div- digital revolution. But um, I think sales is changing obviously it will just become an extension of customer success. I can see it already in SaaS, where if you're a successful SaaS business, your 60, 
50, 60, 70% of your revenue is coming from customer success, from expansion, from upsell. You look at all the big stories, Ring Central, Salesforce, like how much of their revenue comes from the existing install base. So sales has become more consultative. It will become even more consultative. You're kind of just that customer journey just starts earlier and earlier. Um, so I just feel like customer success will eat sales. Does that make mm. sense? Like I just think you're talking <laughs> sales used to be king and like, oh, looking after the customer, you know, people used to put a server in the corner of the office, sell a five year, four year deal and forget about it, right? Like everything's changed. But I just feel like customer success will become king and sales will just feed into that. That's, That's really my interesting. View. Yeah. I like I like that. That is really mm. interesting. Um, thank you for sharing. Um, okay, moving on to a bit about you and yourself as an individual, your confidence. Like, mm. where do you get your confidence from to do what you do? Uh, it's definitely a learned behavior. It's not something that comes naturally um, to me. Like, I did a webinar yesterday, and uh, I guess, you know, being open, I was like, oh, but, you know, not nervous, but, you know, that nice bit of energy that you have before you're doing something that you don't do every day, that you're not completely, the more you do these things, you know, the more confident you get. It's just like practice. Right. Um, But for me, confidence uh, is a kind of learned behavior. I'm kind of like, uh, I just, I kind of like have to go right and put my game face on because you are different, like in work or out of work. And my job is to support my team push energy into them make them feel great you know all of all of those other things that you do every day but yeah for me confidence it's definitely probably a learned behavior over time but i've had to really work on uh work on it like anything yeah. it doesn't just you can't just say oh this person's confident you build that up in your personality as you mature or get older so yeah it's definitely something i've worked on if that makes sense yeah i love that um <laughs> When during your career journey have you experienced and overcome some hardships? Mm-hmm. I've been very lucky, you know, like I've, I've had a lot of success wherever I've been. So I'm very humble and grateful for that. You know, um, there's a lot of hard work that's gone into well uh, as well. I think when you first, um, when you first start something new, it, you know, you've got to be, you've got you're gonna have some hardships so like when I first moved to London and I was applying for my first job and I ended up selling gym memberships in a brand new gym in Paddington right like do you know I don't know how many jobs I went for that summer as an 18 year old all around London everywhere for three months and eventually I got one but you know that that's just something you have to grind out and do you know don't know anyone haven't got many connections just gotta just suck it up and just try and find a way to worm your way in that's just you know not not everyone's willing to do it though you know so you've got to have it in you to push through those barriers and overcome those obstacles and you know it's a testament to the character that you've got to be an individual Mm. that wants to overcome those challenges and push through the barrier yeah and then you know when you start a business and 90% 90% of people you meet think it's a crap idea or it's not going to work or um, they've never, or they, you know, they've got somewhere else to put their money. Like being a founder and raising capital is probably the most demoralizing thing you can probably do. Right. Um, it's even worse than like you got, when you've got a great product and you're selling and you're closing 25, 30, 40% of the time, still getting all that rejection. 
I think, um, you know, just going going out there at different stages of the business. I think, you know, it gets easier over time. The, but most founders say the, the first raise or the second raise is, is really tough, right? And then oh, they become easier the more that you do them and the bigger the business gets. Yeah, know? I love that. Yeah. Because um, well, no one sees, like, that's the thing with people's mentality as well. Like, just to jump on that, like, on LinkedIn, you'll go on LinkedIn and all you'll see is like, oh, this company's a unicorn. It raised 300 million and this one's, like, and you can you can get yourself into a hole by just looking at what's on social. Whereas yeah. actually there's another thousand SaaS startups that didn't get money this week or, you know, so you just got to sometimes give the perspective that what you're seeing is not the reality. Well, you know? It must it yeah. must be so difficult on the fundraising journey when essentially you're carrying your baby and people are telling you your baby's ugly because they're not <laughs> wanting to invest in you. Like that's right. got to be the harder rejection. When it's a product that you represent, um, mm. you, you can kind of move on, as you say, and you know, you're going to get some wins eventually, as you will mm. with funding. But I think it, you're putting your whole self on show. You're being vulnerable and mm-hmm. you're highlighting what's amazing about this baby that you've created. And they turn around and say, actually, no, we don't rate it. We don't think it's any good. That's tough because that hits you um, right in the heart, I can imagine. Yeah. But, you know, everyone loves everyone thinks their kids are cute that's the thing right so that uh, yeah. that's why you can uh, that's how you can deal with it probably absolutely <clears throat> so um what 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 do you think others can do you know if you were advising you know think if you had your team members in front of you what advice would you give to them to help them develop their own confidence um well, yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for me is to to try new things and set yourself goals like mini micro goal whatever like you know I think sometimes people get mistaken oh I'm bored in this job or bored in this role but then often you're not pushing yourself to do something you haven't done before um, so I think uh, mainly that you know people get you get anxiety from doing new things you go up and you talk on stage or you're presenting in front of your own team or whatever. But one of the things I do in one-to-one is like, what are, what are you doing on the mastery side, whether it's inside or outside of work to challenge yourself? So that's something that we work on in one-to-ones. And we have like a, uh, a new uh, value that we launched at Jiminy called like Be Curious. Um, and it's like to, to do new things. And then there's a book benefit around it. And every quarter someone can order themselves a book, you know, that they want inside or outside of work about developing their self and being curious about that. And I think it's just pushing yourself to try new things because that's what ends up giving you more confidence. And we talk about self confidence and developing yourself. If you don't do different or new things, then you're probably going to stagnate. Good advice. Good advice. Mm. You talked about it earlier um, that you get up and think about your workout in the morning. Like how yeah. do you manage your own health and well-being overall? Anything else that you do? So you highlighted that you 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 exercise most mornings when you can. Um, and oh, by the way, actually, I'm going off tangent here, but we talked about those fitness boxes that you get delivered. Oh yeah. Okay, so yeah. I, I, I've just been using um, Gusto, I think it's called. Is that yeah. how you pronounce it? I think I think the French might be upset with you, James. But yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I think English Gusto. Yeah. 
Gusto. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I've been found. I've been finding it. Re- this is another plug for them. Um, yeah. But I've been finding it super helpful to have the food organized, ready for you in the set agreed ingredients that you can then just cook and gather. So that's a highlight of my week recently. I've been getting my box once a week. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, it's about you. So what, what do you do to manage your health and well-being? Um, I'm 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 really I'm good at being dedicated to like exercise and being healthy. And you know, making sure like I balance diet. So there are two things I do well. I'm really bad at sleep. Like not not because I can sleep anywhere. Once you've had three kids, you know, over ten years, you take any you'd sleep anytime you you can. But I just don't probably get I probably get an hour, an hour and a half less than I should. Um so I, if I'm being honest, I need to manage my sleep better. I know it's really important. It's just I'm not very good at that side of it. Um, but the bit that I am good at is just being really organized with nutrition, whether it's like, uh, you know, fresh fitness foods or heal or whatever I'm doing. I'll just make sure that no matter how busy I am, that, that that's just organized and done for me. So exercise and food, you know, the things that I just pre-plan and make sure that I don't have to think about. And then, you know, at least I'm getting something right. So. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> all right. Final question um, before we wrap up. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm just interested. Do you invest? Like, obviously, you don't have commission, or you may not take commission and bonuses. But no. over the years that you've got, um, uh, you know, additional finance. What What do you invest in? I guess you're investing in your company. That's your greatest yeah. asset that you've got. Mm-hmm. But is there anything else that you do? Uh, I mean, when I, I go back in time, when I was really young and I was selling, and then I was a sales leader. I just put all my money into property. That was what I did when I was younger. You know, I could have bought a flashy car or done whatever, but now I just like bought a house and renovated it or, you know, flat in London and renovated it. So, you know, I, I did that in the early days because it gives you a good foundation. Um, now I do more of that and like I look to support other companies or be an LP in an investment fund or things like that to try and give, give back and help and advise uh, in other ways. So I tend to do do that a little bit more now, but that comes with time, right? Depending. On what yeah, what what stage you are at your mm. career, but I like that. Okay, what 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 are your final thoughts that you would like to share with the audience? Any final takeaway or knowledge you would like to impart? No, I think like some of your questions are really good because they made me think about things, and that's why I love doing stuff like this because often you don't get time for reflection. Um, but no, I think look, if anyone's listening to this today and they're, they're on their way up in their career, um, I think take risks yeah, and push yourself and try, try things that make you feel uncomfortable. That would, be, that would be the things that I look back and think that's where success has come from, by taking risks and trying new things constantly. You know? Brilliant. There it is. You've heard from Tom Lavery, <laughs> um, the founder of Jiminy. This has been a fantastic conversation. Just hold your horses. I'm going to end the broadcast. Um, Thank you for listening to Sales Confidence. If you want to learn more, go to salesconfidence.com. And is it Jiminy? What's your URL, Jiminy? Yeah, J-I-M-I-N-N-Y, jiminy.com. And you can uh, speak to the team there. Brilliant. Awesome. Cheers, Tom.